Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. A Dear Media original podcast. This episode is brought to you by Factor. Now that it's summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals, your sunny active days and factor is a great option. It has flavorful and nutritious ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. I've tried these meals. They're good. And it is very, very nice to have them on deck, especially during those weeks when you know you're going to be really busy. They offer delicious flavor packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles, whether that's keto or calorie smart, vegan and veggie protein. Plus they are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients that you'll need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And let's be honest, it is expensive to do takeout all the time. If you want to budget this month, Factor is a great option. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Plus, with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a really sustainable choice. And I love that. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Head to factormeals.com slash good50 and use the code good50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code good50 at factormeals.com slash good50 to get 50% off your first box. Hi, welcome to Good Instincts. I'm Shira Barlow, but you may know me as the food therapist. Join me every Monday through Friday for bite-sized episodes designed to help you close the gap between where you are right now and where you want to go. This should feel good, like really good. And it will, I promise. I'm so excited to have you here today. Are you kidding? I am so excited. I love being in your world, in your proximity, in your space. We met and it was like right together. <laughs> I know. I feel the exact same way. And it was so excited for this for that reason of like, we met obviously at Dear Media IRL. Mm -hmm. And it was this thing where I was like, just so attracted to your energy. And I was like, oh, you so got it. Like, I was like, how did we not like go to college together? Weren't you supposed to be in my wedding? Like, I feel <laughs> like I literally was like, let's just braid hair right now. Like, this is it, you know? So yes, no, I'm so, so glad to be here. Well, Thank you so much. The first thing I wanted to talk about, because it was the thing top of mind at IRL, mm -hmm. was you were on a panel, which I was so happy to watch, which was all about entrepreneurship. You obviously have an incredibly storied career. And you were talking about asking for what you want, being mm -hmm. bold enough to ask for what you want. And I think not only in terms of business, but also in terms of relationships, it, it's this ongoing thing 
I, where I think that people don't ask for what they want. We assume that other people are going to kind of like read our minds mm-hmm. or know what we want or, but we have to advocate for ourselves. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and how you got there. Oh, sure. So I will tell you, I didn't even realize that I was so different in the fact that that has not been an issue for me. Mm-hmm. I, ever since I was little, have always asked for what I've wanted because it came, it was birthed from a place where I had to ask for what I needed. And so growing up in, you know, D.C. in like a less than great neighborhood with parents who were African immigrants that just didn't have, I had to ask because I just, one, sometimes would have to advocate for them, you know, because they were immigrants. They didn't understand how to navigate certain American systems. Sometimes there were language or cultural uh, translations that being born here in the States and their child, I was able to facilitate. So it wasn't uncommon for my parents to sort of send me forward to have to do the asking at whatever age. I mean, literally, I would be seven or eight, you know, at restaurant counters or at the butcher saying, hey, you know, this is what they're looking for. And can you do it this way, please? You know, and so growing up and being raised where asking was something that was required so that we could get provision, you know, meant that throughout my life, asking is not something that has been built into fear for me because I, I know that the worst that could happen is no. And if I don't ask, I've already accepted the no as a partial reality. So, Because of that, I've been really fortunate to get where I need to go, whether it's through information or resources or connections or open doors by asking boldly. So I teach others to do the same because that for me is not a difficult point. So, well, first of all, that's amazing. And it is, it is very rare, Mm -hmm. I think. So how do you, when you're coaching people on how to do Mm -hmm. that, what do you tell them if someone's not like, I I don't think I'm only now am I like, would I be comfortable with something like Mm -hmm. that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most people. I think our, if anything, I think our society almost trains women not to ask, which is really unfortunate. You know, we're being told, not just women, but marginalized people in general, kind of, if you go into spaces where you don't see a lot of yourself, you are supposed to feel so surprised and pleased and proud of the fact that you even entered that space. How dare you ask for anything more? You know, Mm. that's, that's the energy that so many of us get. So because that's the case, I think that a lot of us have to work on our ask, right? We have to feel comfortable and recognize that we're deserving by sheer existence because asking is directly connected to worth. So, you know, I do struggle sometimes with figuring out what I need. Mm. I think that's the first point that I always try to get people really clear on is what is it that you need? You know, and can you be honest with all of what you need so that you're asking for the right thing? Because once you're really clear about the need, then it becomes a lot easier to ask for it because you recognize like, look, like, I can't move forward until I get this thing, you know? So where can I go? So once you've got the need, then you figure out where you need to get it. And then you have to figure out how to make it a win-win, right? So that that way you're able to ask for the thing you need. So whether it's in relationships or business or money or self, you know, you have to ask and you have to ask boldly or else you're going to stay where you are. I love that. And I think that speaking, it's so helpful to hear you say that, Mm -hmm. knowing that you have employees and people that come to you for asking Mm -hmm. for raises and promotions and things like that. So when you, when someone comes to you like that, assuming that they are good at their job Mm -hmm. and are like, really have a lot of value, is that something, are you kind of like, yeah, add a girl or like, there you go, like ask for what you want or like, I mean, how do you as then in, the receiver, like, right? Yeah, because you're both. So it's crazy because I am such a good asker, right? You know, one of the things that is tough is you better be ready. And yeah. even my kids know this, you know, like 
Mom is very inclined. I live in a place of yes. I want to figure out how to make things work. I want to figure out how to make sure people are content and fulfilled mm. and happy and that they feel like their work is meaningful. Yeah. But I'm not going to do all the work for you. You need yeah. to have some clarity. You need to be prepared. So my kids, I'll never forget, you know, I'm an adoptive mom. So fortunately, yeah. I get to like build in a lot of systems that they may not have had before. And when it came to, I want to go to a friend's house or I want to do an activity, when we reached that sort of stage of their life, they were so frustrated because I would say, don't even ask if you don't have where you're going, what you're doing, what the time is, who's going to be there, when you need to be mm. back. And they're like, why do I have to come up with this list? And, you know, I just like my friends, their parents don't talk to other people's parents and what, you know, like all these things that they were frustrated yeah. around. And I said, look, it's basically a yes if you can just do these things. Mm. And I want you to know that these are all things you need to know about people when you're doing. So it's it seems like I may be being difficult, you know, when I push back a little bit on the ask, but a lot of it is that asking is also training. Mm. So when my employees come to me and ask for a raise or a salary, yes, I may ask a lot of questions, but I'm also creating a better employee because they're learning how to research and prep and pitch. And that's important too. So people are most likely to get a yes from me, but you got to come correct. I love that. I think that that's so helpful for anyone listening that is kind of in that position where they're mm -hmm. like, want something and feel like they're worth it, but they're mm -hmm. afraid to ask. But mm -hmm. I do feel like if you ask in the right way and you're super researched and for you sure. have all the information, then if if the employer is smart, they want to keep you and keep you happy. Yeah they'll, yeah, they'll say yes, or at least they'll give you feedback. I mean, right. I think that's the part that a lot of people miss out on is if you get a no, ask for feedback on how to make it a yes. And mm. then one, it puts them in the position where if you do what they what you do, then they need to honor that, you know? Or two, it puts you in a position to realize sometimes, I'm not even kidding, I have gone through a divorce, you know? Yeah. And a big part of sort of preparing for that divorce process is kind of, what do we need to fix this marriage? Yeah. How does that work? What are the gaps that need filled? And when you have that conversation, you're asking, yeah. you know, for what is necessary to get the yes to stay. It really does put you in a position to say, do I even want to do those things? You know, right, right, is that right. even reasonable? And that's the same thing for you as an employee, you know? Yeah. If your employer is like, oh, yeah, you need to work 80 hour weeks before I even consider that raise. Oh, girl, if you're not trying to do that, then this ain't the job for you. Thank you for that answer. I am out of here. I don't need the raise, you know? Right. So it's just important to recognize that is there ever really a no or is there just an opportunity to get more information? I think that that's so important. It also brings up kind of this ongoing thing that I hear come up a ton, which is like this idea and this need for self-knowledge. Like the mm -hmm. more information you have about yourself and what is a yes and what is a hell yes mm -hmm. and what is a no and like what are you willing to do and what are you totally not willing to do mm -hmm. is so, so important. And I remember a therapist of mine in, in a relationship sense talking about just like all different relationships. Like I think everyone's allowed to ask for what they want. Yep. And like, it's up to the other person to be like, hmm, let me sit with that. And you yep. don't even need an answer right then. Absolutely. But I think there is such a skill and a finesse to asking what you want, having the right information. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, even if you're getting a no, figuring out what you would need to get to a yes. I love that. Absolutely. Or if you even want the yes. Right. Exactly. I, I, I mean, honestly, I think all of us who've ever had our own businesses or whatever have been in a place where we're like, oh, I could have stayed with this client or I could have kept this person on board or I could have taken this project. But you were like, that is so out of alignment mm. with whatever else is that I wanted to do that I'm actually, I don't even want the thing anymore. Yeah. And that is such a like beautiful pivot point for yourself because I think it can be really empowering to honor what you know is right about you and say no sometimes to something that isn't quite broken. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really strong point to be in. 
You brought up another thing that I obviously wanted to talk to you about, and I'm sure everyone obviously knows about you, but you are an adoptive mom and you do yes. so much. You have this big career. You have these three beautiful babies <laughs> who are amazing. obviously not babies anymore. I know. <laughs> Am I, like, I'm really understanding more and more the whole, like, when bio moms talk about they're always your baby. Like, I really get it because I didn't even get them as babies right. and I still see them as tiny right. babies to me. No, so it crazy. is. It is so that. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I was thinking about you and as, as I was just thinking about this interview, I was like, gosh, she does so much. I do way too much. You do. Much. Well, <laughs> that's kind of my point. I was curious, you know, and I know just the kind of mom you are and the kind of, mm-hmm. you know, partner you are and the kind of employee you are mm-hmm. and the kind of, you know, founder that you are, that you do 150% and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering about rest because recently I feel like I've been grinding and it feels good because I'm really like in a flow with work and stuff like that. But the other day I got home, I finished everything. I got into bed and I like couldn't slow down and it was really hard. And I was wondering, gosh, I have not even as many things going on Mm -hmm. as you do. And I was wondering how rest was for you. So I think that I'm learning a lot more about seasonality. Mm. And you'll hear that all the time where people are like, well, it's one thing to grind indefinitely, but you want to grind for a season. But what I'm also learning, like refining that thought even more that I don't hear a lot of people talk about is learning how long a season is. You know, so people will say like, oh, yeah, you know, it's one thing if you're trying to build around a goal or do a launch, you know, like you just got to go, go, go. Because sometimes it's like that, but just build in those pockets of rest. Well, the thing that I'm learning is because I am the, the person I am, well, all my different aspects of my life have seasons in them. So I can end up grinding indefinitely. Right. The kids may be in a certain season and my personal health may be in a certain season and I am a finite person. So, you know, what's interesting was coming out of my, well, starting, I should say, the process of my divorce. Yeah. You know, I was in a place where my body had already started kind of shutting down. Mm-hmm. Like I was dealing with facial paralysis. My blood pressure was mm-hmm. 173 over 153. Like I was just had crazy numbers. My health was not good. And mm-hmm. I was almost forced to shut down because I wasn't well. So I ended right. up taking a year off of work. Wow. And it's crazy because I'd never done that before, you know, and I had to for health reasons alone, plus the divorce and relocating and just recalibrating my life. Yeah. But it was beautiful because I could decide kind of what I wanted to keep and what I wanted to get rid of. But then now I am another two years past that point. And recently I had a flare up of shingles, which I don't know if you're familiar with shingles, but you know, stress contributes, you know, to it. And that's something that typically they don't see unless you're in your 70s, you know, and here I am not even 40 and I had a shingles flare up and they said, look, it's your quality of life. It's your stress. You know, your blood pressure is peaking. So I thought, oh, I'd scaled back. You know, like I reduced the size of my team. I work less hours. Mm. I transitioned out of a challenging marriage. I I'm thinking I'm doing better, girl, you know, and I'm learning. You still have too many things on your plate. Mm. So what does it look like now to enter whatever next season you're going to be in and do less? So it's grace. Right. And it's constantly recalibrating and and that awareness of self, like you said, I'm not slowing down, even though I'm laying down. Mm. What does that mean? Not just minimizing that as like not a sign or just saying, well, it's just for now, but really saying, okay, so what do I have to do differently? And that is, I immediately went into what do I need to do differently? This is not okay. In the past, I would have kept going and said, well, the time will come when I can. And, you know, the time will come can be when you're in the ground. And I don't want that to be the case for me. Completely. And I think it's this idea that in some cases, in a lot of cases, rest is productive. Yes. 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 It's required. You know, it's absolutely required. 
Yeah. But I was really thinking about that with you because I mean, without even, I knew that I knew that you had had a hard year Mm -hmm. in that whole transition, but just with everything going on, it is so important. I think the grind is so glamorized Mm -hmm. and the, the hustle culture, which is, is, you know, like I'm down to hustle. I I hustle all the time, but I do think the rest piece and being able to actually like lean into that, especially Mm -hmm. because the body will choose it for you. Yes, it will. It will shut you down. It's interesting because I think that there is a glamorization of hustle online, but now there's almost a glamorization of the burnout. Like it's burnout right. to become a business, you know, right. where people are like self-care, soft life, burnout treatment, burnout recovery. And it's like this trending thing where you you have to like post, you know, either you're doing all your burnout recovery where you shut everything down and this is what you're doing, or you're posting your hustle and your grind just to have something posted on social. Right. And it's like what I'm really learning from my mentors and my personal life and, you know, all the different content that I consume regarding is is it really is a pseudo balance, right? Because nothing's perfect balance, but it's mm. a pseudo balance of no, you're not pivoting between, or I should say vacillating between burnout and hustle. It's how are you kind of doing both in, in a balanced way? How are you supporting yourself ongoing? And that for me has been the dance that I'm really trying to to do is like, was, my daughter was telling me the other day, she was like, you know, mom, it's really great that you're able to come to my plays and my mm. shows and do pickups and like carpool pickups and yeah. stuff. And she's like, but it's weird because you're the only parent I know who works on weekends. Oh. And I was like, which is the reason I'm able to go to her stuff oh, in the weekdays. Yeah, yeah. I have an unconventional yeah. schedule, you know? And so and I thought about that. And what occurred to me, you know, mm. was, oh my gosh, I can go 15 days in a row without taking a weekend. Because right. I'll work Monday through Friday, then I'll have like a speaking gig on Sunday and I'm or Saturday, and I may not have anything Sunday, but then I'll email catch up, and not realize it. Right. And then I had no weekend. And I was like, these are the little ways that I can stop, you know, burnout from happening. I don't care if my weekend is Tuesday, Wednesday instead. Yeah. I need to have two days off every set every six, yeah. you know, every five or whatever, you know. So, I mean, it's it's an ongoing process. It's not just burnout recovery, super soft life. I moved to Bali for 15 right, days. Right, right. You know what I mean? I think that that's really important because I don't think that that's realistic for most people. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole thing is like, rest, take it easy. It's like, okay, how do you do that without dropping the ball and A having kids? A little bit every day. Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about you and your book and now talking about all of this. Mm-hmm. And, and I was wondering if obviously you've had to hustle for everything. Oh, yeah. You really have. And I wonder if in that mentality, there is this idea like, I can't take my eye off the ball. I'm going, going, going. If I take my eye off, then like it all goes away. Oh, yeah. And I I was wondering if you struggle with that at all. For sure. I mean, growing up, you know, super poor. I mean, I slept on the couch till I was 12. And then every single thing I have, I have had to work for or ask for. Like ask, meaning even just the guidance of how do I do this thing? And so... I'm so grateful to be where I am. But then, you know, there's that nagging thing. And I like to, you know, describe it as the trauma of poverty. You know, it lends itself to not just, as we hear, scarcity mindset, but also this, I have this thing, when will the rug be pulled out from under me? When will the other shoe drop? And you think you can get ahead of it. So it's this latent anxiety, you know, that people will say is your drive. It's your ambition. It's your fuel. No, it's just anxiety, you know, and that's not healthy and it doesn't support your growth and your well-being. So yes, I have that. And, you know, in my book, Nothing is Missing, a huge part of it is saying like, look, how can you operate from a place of, of recognize that you don't lack, 
you know, that nothing is missing. And really, I mean, the crux of, you know, what I'm talking about in the book is we hear that nothing is missing around money and business and all that. Like, oh, believe, you receive, abundance, manifest. But I also mean nothing is missing with you physically. Like, Uh, you know, society's always telling you if your hair is curly, it needs to be straight. If you are, I mean, I've been on both sides. I've been, you know, very heavy and I've been a lot smaller. And people have literally said, when I'm really heavy, you need to lose weight. You know, like I've had people say like, how can you even have a business, you know, that we trust if you're overweight. Mm. Like, it's just weird what people ascribe to, you know, being heavy. But then also when you're small, oh, you're losing weight so fast. What are you doing that you're not talking about? Like all these things, you know, and just realizing, look, nothing's wrong with you. Like literally nothing is wrong. If you're here, you're breathing, you're functioning, you're doing the best you can, you're fine, you know? So, and you have everything in front of you to get or be or do whatever you want. Nothing is ever missing. So looking at things and recalibrating, saying, look, if all I have is what's in front of me, what can I do with what I've got? And that has changed my life, you know, completely changed my life. It's lent itself to a lot of ease. That's amazing. I mean, it really is really inspiring. And I think that, you know, hearing you talk like that also, I think about another thing that comes up a lot, which is this idea of, you know, you get to a place where you are now. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. when you're younger, and I, I felt like this too, where it's like, yeah, you have to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Like, someone you're asks so you, lucky. yeah, just you're get just get it, yeah. get it, get it, get it. But then you get to this point where, you know, you're overscheduled, you mm-hmm. have so much, everyone wants a piece of you, mm-hmm. this ability to say no. Mm-hmm. Like, we talked about before, like, to ask mm-hmm. for what you want? What if it's, you know, actually, I love you so much. I really want to support in some way. I can't come to your whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. How are you with that? So not as great. I have my weak points, you know, like, so my kids know they're a weak point, you know, like my sister knows she is a perpetual weak point. Like I, I have certain people in my life who can pretty much, they can definitely push those boundaries. Right. So to be clear, you know, I have learned, especially in business, the strategic no, you know, which is, this may be a no right now so I can say yes to something else, oh. you know? So one thing that I say no to that a lot of people struggle with is it's really important to me to get paid and paid properly. Mm. And a lot of people feel weird hearing that, you know, from a woman or from, you know, anyone. And it's like, oh, where are you getting off of money that important? But like, no, it is because, you know, for me, money is, I always say, an earthly tool to help me do heavenly good, right? It's it's just a tool. Yeah. But if I say yes to doing a bunch of things for free or at a heavy discount, how am I saying yes to my daughter going to summer camp? How am I saying yes to being able to see her in the middle of the day? Like, yeah. so all the no's that I say to checks that are not in alignment with what I'm worth or the work that I'll put out are necessary no's so that I'm able to say yes in the right places. So, you know, I've gotten really good about that there. But then there are some places in friendships where I will tell you, I have really had to work at like, no, I can't let you come to my office and just pick my brain. Right, you know, right. No, I can't just throw my day by the wayside and listen to your problems or your issues right, or right. your whole energy is one where it's so negative that I know I cannot spend time with you because I find myself needing time to recover from being around you. Yeah. You know, those are so much harder and I'm working, they're not as cut and dry, right? As like yeah. invoicing checks, dollar amounts, you know? So I'm always working on that and I've gotten so much better at it, but they still sneak in there. And there are people I've literally... I hate to use the phrase and cut off, but really tapered off my interaction with them simply because I am not even good at saying no. They're like a weakness, you know? So I just am like, 
I just minimize my interaction because it's the best way to protect my energy. It's so interesting because I've had a couple of people come on here that are kind of like very clinical people. Mm-hmm. Like one was an OBGYN. And, you know, we we're I was talking about like ways to really optimize like how it was specifically mm-hmm. for just like pregnant people, people yeah. trying that kind of stuff. And a couple people have said, you know, like being aware of the energy of the people around so you, real. being kind of ruthless about having that be really mm-hmm. positive and not in like the toxic positivity place, but like if if you're leaving interactions completely drained. drained. Mm-hmm. It's a real thing. One of the things that I've started really accepting and recognizing is that there are a lot of mean things I can say to myself. Yeah. And we are, you know, we, we always say our own worst critic, particularly if you're like high achieving or the mom who has to do that. Like if you're already looking in a mirror and saying, I hate my arms, even if you have to check that intrusive thought, you know, if you're already saying that to yourself, why do you need people outside of you who are a manifestation out loud of things you're already thinking about yourself. Yeah. So if I already have someone in my space who's saying things like, oh my God, I'm always worried about money and I don't know if it's going to work out and am I a present enough mom? Even if they're saying about themselves, I don't need those thoughts in my head to to echo what I may already be worried about, you know? So it's like, I I just have really gotten good about that because I just, I can't, like if it means I'm going to be down to three friends, three friends who lift me up are better than a hundred friends that bring me down. I think so too. Mm -hmm. You brought up another thing about weight, which is I know that you have gone through periods of losing Mm -hmm. a good amount of weight. Mm -hmm. And I just want to, I was curious about where you were with that and how that's been for you. Yeah. So it's something that I don't talk about a lot. I always prefer to talk about it in safe spaces like here just because Weight is so commercialized. I mean, the top New York Times bestseller books are always weight loss books, yes. right? And I'm always so wary of that because it's such a, that's just not my experience with it. You know, yeah. I am really fortunate and, you know, to have really liked myself heavier. You know, that's I wasn't amazing. even really incentivized to start losing weight because I liked the way I look. I didn't have any trouble getting dates, you know, when I was, you know, heavier and younger. And it just wasn't a challenge in that way. It was truly for health reasons. Mm. It was my numbers weren't good. My blood pressure was high. I was pre-diabetic. My cholesterol was through the roof. And I, at the time, when I really started this journey, I was like late 20s. So it was Mm. just kind of like, I remember my doctor telling me, you're not going to see your late 60s if you continue at this path. Wow. And that was just scary to me. Yes, you know, like I was like, that's just, that doesn't make any sense, you know? So for me, that journey has been, you know, I've I've lost and gained 30 to 60 pounds two or three times, wow. you know, and the, only to eventually lose 100 and keep it off for like six plus years now. Wow. And uh, I always talk about how a lot of those I always like to say as a caveat, first thing I did was see my doctor. Yeah. And the second thing I did was build a team. Yeah. And I don't want to minimize the privilege that comes with having the financial resources to do that, you know, and the like, I always like to say that out loud because people are like, oh, well, you know, for you, that's easy because you had the money. That is completely true. I had the money, the insurance, the benefits, all those things are true. But the mindset around it was free. You know, it was hard work, but it didn't cost anything. So I always like to share that part. In the very beginning, when I started losing weight, or at least looking at my health and the losing weight was a byproduct of it, it was always around a goal. Like, I want to just get off 30 pounds, or I want to get down to a 12, or because that number was associated with healthy to me or whatever. And when I finally started taking it off in a big way, it was the first time I ever attached getting healthy to my purpose. Mm. I really want to be around to see my kids. I really want to be able to have more kids. I really want to be able to, I, I have, I just quit my job. 
And I was wow. like, oh my gosh, I'm opening up this business. I love helping people. I love how I'm showing up in this world. I don't want to die sooner than I, I want to enjoy this for as long as possible. Yeah. And if I run on stage, I don't want to be out of breath, you know? And yeah. if I'm doing a keynote, I don't want my knees to hurt because I'm standing for an hour. You yeah. know, it's just very practical. Oh, I love that. You know, and that practicality, I think, made it a lot easier when I talked to the rest of my team. So I had a nutritionist on my team. I had, I got regular blood work, like just really paying attention to the Amazing. numbers as my guide and not my scale. And when I started working with my team and realizing, oh, wow, like choosing food that helped encourage and give me energy so I could do the things that I love to show up to do now was very different than choosing food to make me skinny yeah. or choosing or eating restrictively to hit a goal. Yeah. It was simply, you want to get on stage, you want to be able to have energy to make it through the entire performance. Energy comes from the salad. Energy won't come from that donut. Oh, yeah. okay. That makes sense. You know, like got to put the right gas in the car. Your body is a Mercedes. Don't put regular gas in it. Put premium, you know? <laughs> totally. <laughs> so. But the other thing with that, which I think is really cool, and I nerd out on this research and I've uh -huh. talked about it a bunch of times, but it's this idea of future self. Mm -hmm. And there's... There's all this research that's been done that shows that it's really hard to kind of like think of our future self as the same person as we are now, mm -hmm. as ourselves in the future, because we think about ourselves as kind of like a completely other person in that way. So we Ooh, don't save for the future and we don't floss and we don't take mm -hmm. good care because it's hard to make to forego kind of rewards we can reap right now mm -hmm. in service of like that bigger thing down the line. Mm -hmm. And I think what's really cool is you had access to that future self. And sure. for a lot of people, you know, having kids and really wanting to be there and wanting mm -hmm. to be at weddings and graduations and all of those things really help connect us to that future self. So I think that's so cool. Oh, for sure. I mean, like I still struggle with delayed gratification. I want it now. Yeah, I yeah. want it today. I get do. frustrated. But a lot of it, I think also is bringing my future self closer. Mm. So, you know, when it comes to my health, I had a very strong understanding that the future is really not promised. And I think that's something that a lot of us Ooh. take for granted. So we think of, oh, well, I don't need to lose weight because I can do it later. Or I don't need to save money because I can do it later. I want to be abundantly clear. Later is really not promised. Mm. So it was, I could feel in my body, wow. you know, that, oh, my heart could give out tomorrow. Like yeah. I like I knew, I'll never forget the moment. And I've talked about it, you know, in other chats, like on my podcast and stuff. Like when I went to go and get on stage, I was at a speaking event in Boise, Idaho. And you can actually see, if you ever want to Google, you can actually see the video and validate. This was, mm -hmm. I was at my heaviest. I was just shy of 300 pounds. I may have even creeped over it at that yeah. point. I don't know. But the stage was further away from the entrance than I thought it would be. And uh, my whole thing was run on stage. The music's playing, yeah. pop in, and I do my speech. Well, I could not catch my breath for probably the first five minutes of this. Uh, and if you've ever been heavy before, and I don't just mean like, the workout can't catch my breath yeah. where it's like normal. I'm talking about the type where your heart is thumping. Oh. You cannot, like, I was truly concerned that I would pass out on the stage while also trying to do my keynote. Right. That feeling of, am I going to die yeah. in front of all these people? That was present. Mm. That wasn't my future self, you yeah. know? And when I started realizing, and I realized this even, I mean, again, that was almost eight years ago now, you know, but even now when I get a diagnosis of something like shingles, yeah. that's typically given to, they tell people 65 and over to get their shingles vaccine. Yeah. That brought my future 65 self right into that room today right with to my late 30 self. These are all the little teeny tiny signs that your body's telling you today that like you're experiencing what your future self will experience in a greater, bigger way. So it becomes a lot easier for me yeah. to say, what do I need to change now? 
because I can get those benefits today. <laughs> I love that so much. Nicole, I could talk to you for hours and hours Shut and hours. I know. Thank you so much for being here. Where can we find you? Well, you are the best. Thank you so much. You can find me all around the internet at Nicole Walters. You can pick up my book at any major bookseller site, Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com. It's called Nothing Is Missing. And you can listen to my podcast, the Nicole Walters Podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, you're the best. You're the best. Thank you so much for listening to Good Instincts, hosted and written by me, Shira Barlow. You can find me on Instagram at Shira underscore RD. Good Instincts is a Dear Media Daily. This episode is brought to you by Factor. Now that it's summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for your sunny, active days. And Factor is a great option. It has flavorful and nutritious, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. I've tried these meals. They're good. And it is very, very nice to have them on deck, especially during those weeks when you know you're going to be really busy. They offer delicious, flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles, whether that's keto or calorie smart, vegan and veggie, protein plus. They are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients that you'll need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And let's be honest, it is expensive to do takeout all the time. If you want to budget this month, Factor is a great option. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Plus, with Factor, you can rest assured you're making a really sustainable choice. And I love that. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Head to factormeals.com slash good50 and use the code good50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code good50 at factormeals.com slash good50 to get 50% off your first box.